Ooh, give me some more flavor. It's the Untitled Podcast. Oh, nigga. That's Janet Jackson. Oh, Janet Jackson. The girl Debbie hooked me up with. Oh. Hey, hold up. I'll be right back. <laughs> We could kick it, but I forgot I had to go pick up my mom's from work, and you know how that is. That's all right. I'll take you to get it. Nah, she don't like a lot of people with me when I go get her. Look, why don't you go up the street and get something to eat? I know you hungry. Uh-uh, because see, I ate twice before I came. God damn! You gonna call me. I'm gonna call you. But if you come by, I won't call you, OK? Don't ever, ever. Come by here, okay? I'm gonna try to go on a diet and stretch more, lose all that weight. Let the fan play. Back in my element, I'm trapping, I'm selling shit. Fuck you, I ain't much for fellowship Caught my phone from the feds and I ain't touch it ever since Probably too real for the fine, probably why I'm still in the gun That shit you sippin' ain't real, probably should chill from the drink Problem is you niggas ain't real, so you probably won't feel what I'm saying. I love the drought, I'ma just thug it out, I'ma give cuz the route I'ma just chill, these niggas get desperate Act like my plug run out, down on my last, I'm taxing tax. Shit, I got dressed, I send them my address. I live what I'm rapping, me and Trip back at it. About to give them a classic, I'ma give my cash, nigga, this not dead. I can run it up fast, with a laptop or some Ziploc bags. Thought about quitting, but bitch, I'm bad. Came up from trapping on my ex bitch spot. Just me and Bing. I'm still low and I ain't doing a damn thing just to be seen. Monkey see, monkey do. Not me, nothing to prove. Take your monkey ass to the zoo, my money blue. I go count a hundred if I need something to do. Stay down and run it up and how that ain't nothing new. Seen them come and go and fuck it up a summer or two. I always knew I was the one. One a month, run and shoot. Dreams and nightmares coming true. As I'm thumbing through. See my cousins hustling, that just made me wanna do it. Now people I looked up to tell me they be on my music. Looking in the mirror, thinking maybe I'm the truth. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And we back, man. Back in the motherfucking building. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome um, to episode 51 of the Untitled Podcast, man. Your favorite podcast, favorite podcast, a.k.a. the greatest show on turf. Yo, I'm your host, Boo, man. You know the motherfucking vibes when I hear my guy, man, back again. Um, my brother, all that good shit. Uh, you know what I'm saying? The the, the light skin. Me, if I was light skin. Uh, <laughs> my guy, JP, man. How you feeling, brother? What's going on, man? It's it's a great day, bro. It's a great day to be alive, but I ain't lying. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. Every day is the best day. Every day is the best day. So what's going on with you, man? It's been a little minute since we had you on, man. Talk to me. Man, just just getting things together, man, with the platform and, and life itself. Yeah. Um, bro. It's just been a teachable. Everything has been just such a teachable moment. 
Right. And um, knowing yourself, and and that's just the only thing being you're being your focus. Everything else is just outside chatter and outside noise, and just focusing on being a better you, so you can be better for others. Word, word, you know what I'm word. saying? I think a lot of people are so focused on purpose and what they can they can do for others, but the best thing that you can do is be a better you so you can be the light for others. And that's all I've been focused. You know, 2022 has been excellent and not of money or new opportunity. It's just feeling better. Yeah. You know, I've, I've been keeping myself away from certain things, man, drama or just other things that I feel that's not best for me and, and my peace. Yeah. And I tell people all the time, like, if you know, even when people talking to me and venting, you know, sometimes I have to stop them and say, you know, I, I you know what I'm saying? That's that's not me. Yeah. You know, I, I people laugh, man, because I say, I, I ain't got time for all that, man. I got nails now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. You know, I bite. The shit, I used to bite the shit out of my nails. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And since. Like a, December, like, a, like a nervous habit. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So since like December 17th, bro, like I haven't bitten my nails. So ever. what happened? What happened December 17th? I got my car stolen. Ah. Got my car stolen. That'll do it. That'll do it. I got my car stolen, man, and um, I had everything was in it. Yeah, like yeah. Debit card, ID, social security mm. card, yeah. Twit card, Georgia Port card. <laughs> everything was yeah. in it. And I mean, I had to start from zero. You was in Savannah or? I was in Macon. Okay, okay. And, yeah, niggas um, take the car in Macon. Yeah, they took the car in Macon, and I had nothing, so I had to be forced to sit down and just reflect. Life would do that to you sometimes, man. Like, you know, sometimes, like, I, I, I peep that shit, man. Life would do the. I always talk about, like, the universe and shit, right? When I talk about the universe, like, I'm talking about, like, you know, like, like God, like, everything that encompasses that, what governs this, you know, what we don't know. You know what I'm saying? And, like, I peeped in my life. Anytime I'm doing too much, something always happens that slows me down, right? Like, you know, there's two things I've always said. Like, the universe will slow you down if you don't slow yourself down. And the universe will keep putting you in the same situation to teach you that same lesson over and over and over and over again until you get it. And if you don't ever get it, you're going to just be in this revolving cycle, man. So it's dope saying, you know what I mean, that, that for you to be able to say you peeped that early. See, I was always hard-headed, shit, knowing you, you was, too, so it just that's just growth. But, but um, you know, you saying, like, yo, like, yo, I peep, like, I probably need to slow down a little bit, maybe take better care of me. Because I know on the, on the last episode, one of the, uh, the last episode I had you on, we kind of talked about, you know, being a listening, a listening ear for folk. You know what I'm saying? People venting, and, and you know what I mean? But sometimes people will start just using you as a place to vent without a care about what you may or may not have going on, right? Like, they'll just use you as that stick, you know what I mean? They just, as a soundboard, and they just kind of put all the issues on you. And if you're not careful, that shit start affecting you too. If all you receive is other people's negative energy, that shit start affecting you too, right? And I had to learn that. Um, I had to be honest with myself and start to tell people, um, when you're dealing with a person like me, that does not sometimes know how to not take on others' burdens. 
Right. Because you feel bad. Right. You know what I'm saying? Some people listen and they don't realize when you drop that energy on people that it begins to consume them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then you start to think about someone else, how they're feeling, how they're doing, and you start to forget about yourself. Yeah. And you forget about the way and the things that you need to be doing because you're so worried about because nobody wants to see somebody struggle, die, or go through anything. You don't you don't wanna see that right and, but you got to understand how to prioritize and to understand how if it's not it's, it's a time for everything and that's where i had to become in 2022 to realize like okay you only suppose you only can give this amount right after that amount it's over with yeah let it go move forward what can you do now right. because they're not they're only going to do what they feel is best for them or the, what they feel like they can do. At the end of the day, we always going to move in our own best interest. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's just part of it. That's the game. You know what I mean? We always going to operate and do what's best for us. And it's a little selfish, but it's, it's human nature. You know what I mean? You're always going to take care of us until, you know, we get to a point to where we start having children. And then, you know, we move what's in the best interest of the kids. But even then, a little piece of that selfishly is the fact that what's best for them is what's best for us. You know what I mean? Because if we don't take care of these kids, there's ramifications that come from that, right? Yeah. Certain L's you're going to take from that. So at the end of the day, it's still going to fall back on you, and that burden's going to fall back on you. Um, so I say that to say, you know, you know, I, I know for me, I, I try to be somebody who somebody needs something. I'm normally my first response, people say they need something, is I immediately start thinking about, okay, well, how can I help them? Like, I, don't, I know folks that like, all the time, like, man, they're like, nah, I got nothing for you. But for me, I'm going to start working through my mind and say, okay, I got to do X, Y, and Z. Can I help them with that? Can I fit them in? Can I can I do something with that? And I start, you know me thinking, you know, uh, thinking of ways to do it. But what I had to start doing was saying, you know what, man? Nah. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Why do we always feel the need to always explain why we can't do something, but we never have to explain when we tell a person yes, why we're saying yes? It's human nature because we naturally don't want to disappoint people. So if someone comes to you and asks for help and you tell them you can't do it, you're disappointing them. And some, and just us as people, for a lot of us at least, you know what I mean? Like we just don't want to disappoint folks. So we'll say, nah, but let me tell you why I can't do it. Like I don't want you to think I'm telling you no because I just don't want to do it. If I could, I would. But listen, I just, like, we got this habit of doing it. Now, one thing I've started growing into is um, I started looking at it like, if I'm telling you no, I'm not displaying myself anymore. And the reason being is because I look at it like, if I'm telling you no, and immediately your thought process is, oh, see, this nigga, he, you know, he's ain't trying to look out. If that's what you think of me as a person, right? If you don't give me that benefit or the doubt of, all right, bro said nah, cause he probably just can't do it, right? If you if that, but if you view me as a type of person who just saying no, cause I'm being shy for whatever, shit, I don't need to be around you. Either. If that's how you see me, I don't want to be like, why would I want to help you if that's your viewpoint of me? Exactly. I, I just I, that's what I ask people. I'm like, why if the viewpoints of disappointment, you're not giving people the real benefit of the doubt of knowing them if you can think so many bad things about them when they disappoint you then why are they your friend to begin with so that means you never really that means 
for what they can do for you and what they have been doing for you is the only luxury of why you feeling like they around you. Goes back to that, uh, who's that? Was that Janet? They had the song, What You Done For Me Lately? <laughs> and they don't care. A lot of folks are like that. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I know the older I get, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm knocking on door 32, you already at, you already there. You know what I'm saying? Like, the older I get, the more I start realizing, like, you know, because I do a lot for a lot of folk. And I've always said, I don't care. I don't want the credit. I don't care. I've never cared about the credit. I've never cared. I don't do favors. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm a, you know, I don't, you know, I'm a, I'm gonna give you the assist. I don't want the credit. Like, handle your business. You know what I'm saying? I don't need that. But I do recognize that, you know what I mean? I look out for a lot of folks. So, in doing that, if me looking out for you, 10 times that means time 11 i tell you nah i can't do that and it's an issue yo you ain't gotta worry about asking me for shit ever again because i recognize i know and you know what i've done you know what i'm saying it's important to take that step back and really like put again like you said earlier like put yourself first in these situations like yo like if i can help you i'd help you i can't i'm sorry i can't I ain't got, I just can't do it. I ain't got the time. I ain't got the re whatever it is, the resources, the energy, whatever it is you're asking for. If I can't do it, I can't do it. And for me, I'm also not somebody who's gonna half ass it. You know what I'm saying? If I say I can help you, I can help you a hundred percent of the way. But it's hard for us to really get to that point. It took age, it took experience, and it took time to get to that point. And I'm still not a hundred percent there yet, to where I can just tell somebody, nah, with that depending on who it is. It's, you know what I mean, like, and where you rank in my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can still tell you no, and I'd be like, well, listen, this is, yo, like, man, I can't do it today. You know what I'm saying? Like, let me try to figure out, you know what I'm saying, something, and I'm going to get bad to you. Now, some motherfuckers, I'm like, nah, cause I can't do it. I'm sorry. I ain't got nothing for you. And I think uh, when I asked you that, I, I guess when you asked the question is, what I heard was, you know, we kind of base explanation on the relationship of yeah, yeah, who yeah, the yeah. person is. Yeah, cool. You know what I'm saying? Because whether you admit it or not, we people have tears in our lives, right? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? There are people are ranked in our lives, whether you admit it or not. When your phone rings, you know what I'm saying, somebody going to answer every single time, yeah. and somebody going to say going to call you back. You put them on a tear. Mm-hmm. And and that's true. And, you know, you got when you asked me earlier, you know, about, everything that's been going on even you know when it comes to the podcast too you know um the fwm podcast i when i look at it the only thing that has just made me proud and what i stand on that no matter what my numbers are Mm -hmm. and what the growth is is i can hang my hat on it's been consistent Mm -hmm. it's just been consistent Mm -hmm. every week consistent mm-hmm. every yeah, week absolutely. something has been dropped yeah every week there's something that has substance that you enjoy mm-hmm. you cannot say that oh damn that ain't really bro must have just do something together mm-hmm. oh damn that oh nobody has to look and say what happened right you know what i'm saying even you know i don't think nobody even realized that i took a week off one time you know what I'm saying? Like, I took a week off. At, that's when I was saying about the car. You know what I'm saying? I just so happened snuck away for for one weekend and didn't put anything out. But that was just a restart, a mental thing. But I can honestly say this. Mm-hmm. 
when I first started and the things that you said, you know, I had to realize too, like I was telling, you know, Cam and, and, and Silk and all them boys on the podcast, man, one man bands, boy, it is hard. Yeah. It's hard. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? The things that when you have four, five, three, two, three, four, five people mm-hmm. that any every, any and everybody can have a specific role and they stick to that, it does make it a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Always, and, always. And the thing about it is for us to all come together and we just help each other out and not worry about division and collectively, I think even with us coming together, when we have a lineup, Mm-hmm. Of just like the on channel, like with the Oprah Network, when every day or every time you know there's an episode of one podcast or one show, and it's a lineup of you not missing a beat of you going to continuously, mm-hmm. you don't have to choose right. of who you feel like you fuck with the most, right? Because you know every time you're going to get something that you will not be disappointed with. And you don't have to like this person more, like this part. You can enjoy something more because of the type of things that it bring, but you don't have to choose on fandom of who fucking, who's harder and whose platform is harder. I don't like how we always in the black side, in the black community of success, but to be number one, it's always have to line up against who is the best instead of just saying everybody is good in their own way and yeah. accepting that and Absolutely. it being cool. Absolutely. I think one thing that's dope, you know what I mean, and, and this, like, I didn't know you even doing the podcast, right? So when I uh, when I went and checked my guys out, um, I saw you and I said, yo, that's dope that he came on there. And one thing about it that I'm noticing with the podcast in Savannah for for the most part is that that love is there. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, you know what I'm saying? You want to come on? You know, I was on theirs. Well, some they were on mine, you know what I mean? That, you know, I'm, I'm going to hop on theirs um, when we get that schedule right. Um, you know, uh, shout out to Matt with old 2 Lit Podcast. I'm going to pull up on Broward his. You know what I mean? I've done an episode of yours. You know what I'm saying? You on your second episode of mine. You know what I mean? So we that the the work is there. I think that one thing is, um, and it's kind of a mindset that I just got. Um, I really attribute it to my pops. Um, and you know, when you spoke to you know being a one man band and coming together and all that, I think what's important in that is realizing that everybody. And I told you this before, like everybody's not gonna fuck with your vision. So. What's more important than just coming together is finding like-minded people that also rock with your vision. You know what I mean? I know when I first started recording, you know, the numbers wasn't always there every episode. You know what I mean? I look at it, and I look at it. I remember I used to watch watch some downloads like a hawk. Every day, two, three times a day, I'm checking. How many people don't, you know, how many downloads? Okay, ooh, how many streams? Ooh, okay, 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 cool, cool, cool. And I'm just trying to, like, you know, analyze everything. Okay, well, this episode was three hours long, and this episode was an hour and a half. And, you know, and I'm trying to do it. And then after a while, I did two things. One, I stopped looking. And I just, and the second thing I did was just focus on what you said, which is being consistent. Like, I'm going to put this consistent product out every single week. Like, there's a clip that we, you know what I mean, that I play every single episode, you know what I mean? And I say, yo, if you rock with us, rock with us. If you don't, don't worry about it. I know somebody that like it. 
somebody's fucking with it, right? So what became more important than numbers and, and streams to me was just okay. I'm gonna put out quality every single week. Every and I'm not gonna you not I'm not gonna miss a week. If I gotta miss a, if I gotta miss next week, I'm gonna double up this week. Like I'm putting something out um, every single week. I went to um. Actually, my brother sent it to me, man. Shout out to Q. He sent me this thing, man. It's a guy, uh, David Shans. He's based out of Atlanta. Um, he has a podcast, and he's, you know, widely looked at as, you know, for lack of a better term, the king of podcasts, right? Um, at least this version of what we do a podcast. And he has a, a launcher podcast challenge. Well, I went in and tapped into it. It was like a five-day thing, and every day, He's talking about different things, and one thing that stuck out to me was he said, um, don't take no breaks. He said, puts if you drop on Tuesday at 6 o'clock, then every Tuesday you had something out at 6 o'clock. And it was funny because at the time we were planning a break. Like, yo, we're going to take a couple weeks off, you know what I mean, end of season one, whatever. And he, and he said, he said, you know, people do podcasts, and they split their shit off into seasons. And he said, uh, you know, when you watch TV, they do seasons because of production and, and all this other shit. But at your job, you got seasons. You get season one, then you take a break for three weeks and come back for season two. And then that season two, you take a break for a month. And nah, your ass is at work. So if this is going to be what you do and if this is going to be your job, this is what you really going to put your effort, your time and your passion into. Ain't no time for see- season what? No, we going to keep pumping this shit out. Every single week, um, you know what I mean? Tired, rain, you know, shit like mailman, rain, hell, sleet, or snow. Yo, this shit is dropping. You know what I mean? I'm going to find by hook or by crook some way this is going to drop. And being consistent and putting that out there, because what ends up happening is, is you're going to catch that ear. But think about, you know, I always attribute to um, being one episode away. I always say that, right? I always say, like, yo, I'm just one episode away from being where I want to be, right? So imagine if you put an episode out and the person that needs to hear that episode, hears that episode, right? And say, okay, I like this. I like this. And then they don't hear from you again for three weeks. As an investor, you coming back? Nah. The world is unforgiving, like I always say. Yeah, you only get one shot. It's unforgiving. You only get one shot. You know what I mean? It's just like if if I got a job interview and I interview for 10 minutes and my interview is great, and I just get up and walk out. And that's it. I don't know. They still got more questions for me, but I don't walk out. They ain't calling me and offering me shit. Like, man, nah, them first, yeah, the, the beginning was great, amazing, but I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. So I think it's really important just in, in, in you, and in, in this, we kind of bumped into uh, one of the first topics. I remember, um, you know, me after uh, after Lil Bruh passed, um, you, you know, actually at the, after the funeral, me, you chopped it up. And um, actually, one of the first times we kind of chopped it up in a minute. Um, and, uh, you know, one thing he says, you know, I'm going to holler at you about something. Like, all right, cool. So we went back to the crib and we talked. And you told me about your idea. You said, yo, man, I want to do, do something, man, you know what I mean, kind of his memory. But I really want to maximize, you know what I mean, what I do. You know what I mean, what I feel like I'm good at. And, uh, and we talked. And, um, you know, I keep, it, I keep it a buck with everybody. So the first thing I'm going to give is the bag. Like, hey. This podcast and shit, yes, yeah, it's, it's fun, it's cool and all that, but this shit get real. It's a grind, you know. I tell you, it's, it's a grind. It ain't it ain't easy. If you truly enjoy it, then it's not gonna be an issue. But it's a grind, 
You know what I mean? And I told you that off top. And we had a conversation, gave you what I knew at that time. And then as I learned more, I gave you what I could out. You know, I wasn't an expert then. I'm not an expert now. Um, but for you, in your podcast, you know, you say 21 episodes in. Um, give me some of the things just in podcasting. So let's say we got a listener here who's thinking about it. Because podcast is a wide open field. Um, you know what I mean? So coming into podcasting, what did you look at? You know, and what did you expect? Now being 21, you know, got you got your feet in the water now. You know what I mean? So now 21 episodes in, what have you learned, you know, from podcasts? And then also kind of speak to going forward. What do you want to do going forward? Like, what do you want to change going forward about your process and how you go about doing what you do? Your first thought when you're going into things um, and expecting, mm-hmm. don't ever lie and say that if it goes another way that, you didn't expect that or whatever. Like, for example, I knew I could be an inspiration and I could be to my words has impact, right? Mm -hmm. So thinking that it was going to be a splash immediately. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? People hear me and like, damn, boy, I fuck with that. Mm -hmm. I fuck with that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, everybody, hey, fuck with bruh. Do this, do this, Mm -hmm. thinking that that is what it took, Mm -hmm. right? You hear one and you say, damn. So, like, after the eulogy, episode one, Mm -hmm. everybody felt that. Yeah. Everybody loved that. Yeah. But then a lot of people didn't come back. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, it's not even that. It's not about the words. It's Mm -hmm. about, okay, what do you have those relationships Mm -hmm. have you put in the work that people want to share Mm -hmm. want to get everybody on it do Mm -hmm. everybody do you have that what have you done to make an impact that people just and 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 it's sadly to say is do everybody like you yeah as a person absolutely is everybody like you are you popular yeah, and, and also, you know, on top of that, not to cut you off, but um, taking out the personal shit, you know, do they like do they like your content? You know what I mean? Because they don't have to like, there's a lot of people who don't like a, a Joe Budden as a mm-hmm. person that really like his podcast. Mm-hmm. He has one of the top podcasts in the world. A lot of folks who ask him about Joe Budden, they're going to roll their eyes. But he had so somebody listening mm-hmm. for it to be that high, right? And then you know the other point you made was a very fair point. It's something I say all the time. Do you put in enough work to feel as entitled as you do? I say this shit all the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And again, it's one of the things I got from my dad. You feel like you deserve shit. Do you put in the what? What makes you think you deserve? And this goes across the board for everything. Like you feel like you deserve it, right? So like you said, because I walked in with the same expectations. Like yo, shit, folks know me. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing X, Y, and Z. Ain't nobody in, in my circle. I know that's doing this. You know, when I started, yo, this shit going to crank off top. Mm-hmm. And it did not. So, you know what I mean? It cut you off. And what you, but I, but I, you know, I didn't want to get to that point because that was a very My initial point. thing was I don't have no beef. Mm-hmm. I have done nobody wrong. Mm-hmm. I am not saying popular, but I am cool mm-hmm. to where... 
Anybody can come to me. You can talk about anything. So that was my thing of thinking, hey, everybody give me a chance because I'm, I'm cool as a fuck. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> at the first episode, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and it's not that nobody didn't like it. It's that it was a very sentimental topic and a lot of things people didn't get before that and that was that tribute Mm -hmm. and that was hyped to where that was what it was for so people didn't feel the need or feel inclined to immediately come back because that hit Mm -hmm. and that was just for that moment but now that I have content out and it's 21 it's episodes, real episodes in, six bonus episodes in. So it's like 31 all together. Now that is the work. That is the, the content. So now everybody's like, okay, this what it. But episode one, so once you go to episode two and you're like, hey, where the fuck everybody went? Yeah. Yeah. I'm still here, guys. Hey, yeah. hey, hey. Same, same me. So it, it's not about the pot, it's not about not liking you it's just like okay don't bam what have you actually done and i think everybody can't come into this shit with that like you said the entitlement mm-hmm. attitude because one thing that i knew about this too i'm not coming in to go viral right so if you're not because the only way that you go viral is controversy and you got to be disrespectful you got to do whatever anything that is against the grain is what's going to go viral. And if you're not ready to bite that hand like that and really lose yeah. like morals, mm-hmm. it's not going to go viral. Mm-hmm. And you're knowing that it's a slow process. Yeah, You know that in your mind. right? But when it is starting to go slow and it is a tick, 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 step by step, are you patient enough to mm-hmm. go through that? Yeah. And a lot of people will say that they are, but when you are in that moment of that building, yeah. you begin to be impatient and you lose focus on the goal because of putting a time limit on quote unquote successful or quote unquote growth. Yes, absolutely. You get a little materialistic and you just focus on that. I mean, I can tell you and and you know, this you know, this is episode, you know, fifty one that we're currently recording now, you know, really episode 52, you know, really 53 actually, um, you know, adding in the episode that wasn't numbered and we started on episode zero. Mm-hmm. So really be episode 53, right? Like I started with zero, went zero one. So, um, and I still see it. I'll see an episode go crazy and then see half of that, the next episode mm-hmm. and then see the next episode go nuts. And it, the next episode be an episode. I didn't even think was that good. You know what I mean? But it's like you said, and I think that's when that word um, passion and that's when those kind of things come in. Like, because if you really love this, you're not going to just quit and yeah. give up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I played a clip a few uh, early, early in the pod, um, early episode. And it was, once again, it was Joe Budden, right? And um, he, was doing, he was doing an interview with Mano. And Mano was like, man, why do we start so much stuff and then we quit? Mm-hmm. And Joe Budden was like, good. Good. And he was like, no, that's how he said, nah, good. Because I'm not going to quit. But this is what I do. This is what I love to do. He said, so you're going to miss, he said, he talked about it. you're going to miss birthdays. You're going to miss uh, parties. You're going to miss friends. You're going to miss 
family. You're gonna miss your girl. You're gonna miss your kids. You're gonna you're gonna, you're gonna it's gonna so many things that you're gonna miss in pursuit of this. And if you're not willing to do that, that doesn't talk about you as a person. It just maybe this isn't for you. Maybe you got to find something that's a little more in line that allows you to do those things. And there's nothing wrong with that. But there's a realization that comes with it, right? Like, you know what? I thought I really wanted to do this, but I'm seeing that my, my goal for this is this. And for me to get there, this is the route I got to take. Do I want to take that route? It's like if I got to go out of town somewhere, right? And I said, cool, let me see how far a drive this is. Oh, eight hours. No, let me fucking fly. Because <laughs> I know I'm not going. I don't want to drive there, so I want to fly. So same thing with this. Like the route I want to take, that's not going to work. Let me find a different way to do it or just a different place to go. Because this may not be for me. That goes back to the last episode with you and Locke. Yeah. Just that you just dropped today. Mm-hmm. Y'all, you said something. You was like, um, we weren't taught the balance. Yeah. We, but you know the reason why is because there's a difference between successful and great. Yeah. And there's a difference. Yeah. Missing birthdays. Missing school things, missing recitals, missing basketball games, football games, gymnastics. When you do those, those are pursuits of greatness. Mm -hmm. That's not a pursuit to successful. Mm -hmm. A successful person can go to work, get off, and still make those things. Mm -hmm. When you have to sacrifice and miss important, monumental things, that is your pursuit of greatness. Well... You know, sometimes it's something actually, it's something I mentioned in that episode. Um, the thing with with both words, success and and greatness, is they're subjective, right? Six. There's no one definition of success. Success is what you feel like, right? That's success, why I said yeah, that. success is a feeling. Now, the thing, because I know, and we one thing we talked about in the episode was um, later on in the episode we talked about. Um, like me growing up, right? And Locke asked me, because um, I told him about uh, growing up and learning how to play sports and shit, right? And I was like, you know, a lot of it was shit. You know, I was lucky enough to have an older brother, you know what I mean, who learned from whoever he learned from. You know, maybe it was my pops, whoever, and then taught me. So I learned the majority of my shit from him. But when it came for games and all kind of shit, like my pops missed a lot. You know what I mean? And that was him working, right? Like, it's hard to be, you know, in the gym. It's hard to be in, you know what I mean, in, in Tompkins Center and Dallas at the same time. Like, mm-hmm. You can't do both. It's hard. Mm-hmm. But, you know what I mean? But that's like a sacrifice that comes with it. So I think that's more so what he was attributing it to was, you know, there's go- you're going to mi- it's going to happen. Like, it's going to happen. Now, you want to limit it as much as possible. But it's going to happen. Like, these things in pursuit of, you know, if, if that's what you want. And he was more so speaking, you know, people talked about, like, podcasts and that. Like, you're going to miss shit, right? If Now, if you're just podcast, and I, again, and that's why I said success, success is objective. It's what do you want out of it? Now, if you want a huge podcast and that, that tours and do all these things, like, you're going to miss some shit. And the hope is that your family, like like we did. 
you know, I understood. I never felt the way in my pops missed the game because he at work. Because these cleats I'm wearing, these, you know, sneakers I'm wearing, this, this shit I have on is being provided by him taking his ass out to California or taking his ass to my Like, that's where it's coming from. You know what I mean? Um, so I get it. You know what I mean? And it, so the hope is that your family understands that. You know, but, you know, you, you for me, I, I do realize, like, yo, like, you miss a lot of time. Like, you do. You miss a lot of time you're going to. So that goes, that even circles back to, like you said, if it's a word, right? Everybody can be successful. Absolutely. Not everybody can be great. Because everybody can be successful by your definition because success is what you feel. Absolutely. So when, until the time that you feel that you have made it to success in your mind, mm -hmm. you are done. Yeah. Because you feel you are successful. No matter what nobody else say, mm -hmm. you feel success. Absolutely. So whatever my form of success is, mm -hmm. I'm successful. Whatever you feel your form of success. Mm -hmm. So that means everybody can be successful. Absolutely. But everybody can't be great. I, f I feel like greatness, uh, great. it depends on what's your measurement of greatness as well. Okay. Because, oh, in, in the oh, so I, put, I put it this way. Uh, we can agree that LeBron James is a great player, right? But not the greatest. And we talk him great. Okay, it's great. Can we can we agree he's great? Okay. So let's shit. Let's throw a name out. John Stockton wasn't great. Okay, perfect. John Stockton wasn't great, right? Mm -hmm. In comparison to a Michael Jordan, but put John Stockton in a YMCA anywhere in the country, I guarantee you, tell everybody ass up in that gym. So he's great. You know what I'm saying? So, so and my, my point is that greatness has so many different measurable qualities. And again, that's why I say success and greatness are both subjective because it's literally what do you consider it to be great? It's like when Kwame talks about people saying he a bus, he say, nah, I ain't no bus. I did this for my family. I did exactly what I was supposed to do. Like in my community in Brunswick, I'm a fucking legend. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm like, so it, you it, aligned it with, in that form of everybody that's lined up together then. So you, I can't look at if if you're great, if I if I can't look at you great at whatever job that you is, mm -hmm. and then you're telling me that I'm not great at my job, but you're great at your I can't we can't line my job and your job up and saying if I'm great and you're not when it comes to us too. Mm -hmm. Because we don't do the same thing. Mm -hmm. But if you, you can't line John up with the regular niggas in, in the YMCA because they never played professionally. But you line them up with the professionals, now you become great. Now, because in our opinions, our opinions really don't matter. But so in the eyes of the opinions of the players that they played against, I think we got to start listening to people opinions that align with what the fuck we're talking about. Yeah, and, regular opinions don't fucking matter, and that's the thing, and that's why I don't get even caught up in it because they do. Every and that's why opinions, honestly, and you know, let me actually, they don't. And the reason why they don't is opinions are literally opinions. Everybody has an opinion. It's somebody tell True. you. It's somebody tell you that Michael Jordan fucking sucked, <laughs> and they can probably write a whole essay and give you all these reasons on why Michael Jordan is not the player you thought. It's people who can do it. And to be real with you, some people can have valid points. Who can tell you, Kobe was awful. And they can give you a bunch of lip, like, he missed the most shot. They give you all kind of shit that you like, I mean, okay, but it's still, you know what I mean? I know for me, you know, when I look at athletes, right, 
is what you value. So LeBron right now is more than likely going to finish, you know, top two in points. I think he already is top two in points. Yeah, he's number two. Yeah, so he's number two. He's past past Carmelo. So top two in points, he's probably going to finish top five in assists and top five in rebounds, right? So I, or top, or top 10. 10, top 10, 10. in rebounds. Probably top 10 in rebounds. Okay. You would be top five assists. Yeah, top so top two, five, 10, right? Mm-hmm. And three of the categories that when we kind of measure mm-hmm. a basketball player, you know, mm-hmm. how many points he had, how many rebounds he had, how many, you know, those are the three things. Okay. Now. And he's going to um, turnovers too. T- exactly. So, see what I'm saying? So, my, so, my point is that those things, at least in me, in the way my mind works, and I'm a little off. Um, but in the way my mind works, I don't because I don't I don't care necessarily care about the stats. Mm-hmm. For me, I value winning. Mm-hmm. But the way I was raised, how I came up, my introduction into sports was that's what mattered, right? Mm-hmm. So growing up, I grew up playing for the Stallions. We won, mm-hmm. so that's all I cared about. Like if I had a bad game, I didn't care because we won. If I had a great game, no one came up and said, "Yo, we won because of you." It was we all won. Mm-hmm. We all had good games. Right mm-hmm. now, some were better than others. I mean, obviously, you know, I mean, you from Savannah, you know, Cook, Cook was stole four, five touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Cook was probably the reason why we won. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because we had the best running back in the city at the time. But the defense also didn't get didn't give up no points all year. Never. You see what I'm saying? So it was, you know, what I mean, so the thing was was it was a collective effort and to a common goal. So our focus was always yo, just get the win. We don't care about all this other shit. Yeah, it's cool. You had ten tackles. Great, we won. Because you have 10 tackles and we lost, nobody gives a fuck. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can go, it's like the, the Warriors. You won 73 games. You didn't win the finals. Nobody cares that you won. No, no one talks about it won 73 games no more. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Now, they won the finals. It's different. Mm-hmm. Patriots went, what, 18-0, and 19-0. Mm-hmm. Until they lost that champion, lost Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. No one talks about it. That team was amazing. To run 19 straight off. I think that was the most games. It went 18 and 1. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Then you 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 lose Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares. So that's why I say, you know, and I know, it's just, I know what you're saying, but I also feel like everything's objective, and we all have these different and varying opinions on what greatness is. So it's more so what's greatness to you. So if you're um, pursuing greatness in whatever realm, I think you should eliminate that shit. Eliminate the outside noise. Because it's going to vary from night to night, from episode to episode. It's going to vary. It's going to switch up. You know what I mean? Like, I could have an amazing episode today and a piss poor episode to me tomorrow. But then folks hear it and say, yo, this shit's amazing. You know what I'm saying? So because the, it's a, such a sliding scale anyway, yo, get that shit out your head. Like, greatness, success, all, yo, get that out your head. Be consistent. <laughs> and one more thing before we move on, though. It's so crazy because... We look at that, but bro, when we when you say you used to look at the downloads, I think we always we fell victim to that. But we would look at the downloads, and then we would think like, okay, was the episode before bad? Because because <laughs> yep. the episode that you just dropped, you can't base that off of downloads that they don't know yet. They haven't downloaded it yeah, yet. Absolutely. So no you idea. go back thinking like, well, down was the one. Or terrible that now they're not unforgettable. Is that what made like, it? Yeah. Damn, did I say So that is the crazy, funny thing that how the mind works. Yeah, because yeah. I had to think like, well, shit. I mean, it's a nobody down on eyes. It's either niggas forgot, mm-hmm. niggas just busy. 
Yeah. But you realize, though, I, as I go and stop looking at it, I realize there's always motherfuckers binge listening. Or, like, later on during the week, you just roll off, like, 45 downloads out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. As it, it's, we, we're looking at instant success on day one. Mm-hmm. And that's always, like you said, well, it's not always because we don't know, but I agree with you. It's kind of like what the last episode sounded like. Yeah. They, you know what I mean? So I think just, you know, to say, I know I do still look at numbers. So before we do switch off, I will say that I kind of base it off of the longevity of an episode, right? So, you know, what I use gives me day one, day three, day seven, then day 30, right? So I look at those jumps. Like, okay, what did day three and day seven look like? And now with day seven, what am I doing but for the rest of the month? Now, for the rest of the month, it's still going? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Like, I'm seeing huge, you know, I saw, you know, if I see a, a if I see between three and seven, I see, I don't know, 50 downloads between three and seven. And now I'm at day 21 and I see another 50, 60 downloads on this episode. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. That was a good episode. And typically me seeing that tells me exactly what's going to happen. But the thing is, at day seven, what am I doing? I'm dropping a new episode. So now it's like, yo, shit. Well, Somebody was... liked your episode before, so exactly. now they're going back exactly. and listening more on the past ones to see if exactly. they're good, if they're just that good. Because that's what we do when you hear a new artist, don't you do that? You go right. back to the old shit. I mean, the first time I heard So Far Going by Drake, the immediately the first thing I did was say, he got anything else? Yes. Bet, and let me go back to come back season two and listen to this. See what this sounds like. But that answers your question about me going into this, like, Every day you learn something different, but mm-hmm. I always just take what I always heard from you day one, mm-hmm. never forgetting it. And as days go on, when I go through shit, always remembering what was said day one of that conversation. Oh, dad, that's what he was saying. Oh, that's what he was saying. And and it's been it's been a fun ride, man. It's been very fun. I'm loving it. Yeah, absolutely. It's you know. You got to be a little off. One thing, man, and, and every time I talk to, to you or any of us that was around for that time, man, one thing I can say about, like, that group that was that growing together, like, just that group of athletes that was together, we was a little off. Like, we would throw it off a little bit. Like, we, we were willing to do shit for, you know what I mean, just to do it because we wanted to be great so bad. Um, you know, so... I knew when you told me that this is what you wanted to do. I knew you were going to do it. Like, there was no doubt in my mind that this was going to be something you do for a weekend as far as, no, he's going to do that shit. You know, how it looks, you know what I mean, we'll find out and we'll work through. Yeah. But he's going to do it. It's going to happen. You know what I mean? It's going to happen the way he wants it to happen. You know what I mean? Because that was the standard. That's what was said. You know, for me, I've always said, yo, if for whatever reason, you know, this shit doesn't work out, right? Let's say... Let's say a year from now, I say, you know what? I'm done. I'm hanging this shit up. I'm happy to say, like, everything I did was on my terms. I did it my way. There'll be no regret in saying, damn, I wish I just did this. Nah, I did everything I wanted to do with this shit. I did it. It either connected and the people felt it and fucked with it and it blew up and grew and all that, or it won't. You know what I mean? In in being able to bow out gracefully if it doesn't, 
You know what I mean? Whenever you feel ready to do so. You know, whenever I feel like, okay, this is, I'm kind of just, you know what I mean, spinning my tires a little bit. Let me back out. You know, whenever that happens, it happens. But, you know, for me, the main thing, um, it's just like I said, man, just being consistent, working through it, understanding the pitfalls. Everything ain't going to be great from day one. It's that next play mentality that you learn. You know what I mean? You turn the ball over, okay, go get that shit back. You know what I mean? Nigga scoring, you go get that shit back. Cool, all right. That one, that 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 didn't work. I ain't gonna do that shit no more. I'm gonna learn from that, and I'm gonna move forward. Um, so, dope man. Let's get to some music, man. Play a little music. You got anything for me? You want me to pop it off? You pop it off, man. You pop it off. Okay, I got you. I got you. Pop it off. I will. Pop it off. I will. Let's see what we got. See, I play my nigga shit when you be around. Yo, I be, I be enjoying when you be around, man, because you one of the friends I could be a coon with. Can't do a shit with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> when certain niggas know you because you could be an absolute coon, man. Yeah, you know, you know it's no judgment, man. Nah. Just that, because we all, bro, we just, we're comfortable, man. And when you know, and when people already know you. That's the you, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, you already know what you came into, so, hey, there's no surprise. Yeah, and, and and having and that's a that's a real important part, man, is um, you know, people can you can really get caught up in um trying to be something you're not, so it's important to have folks around you to remind you of that shit. <laughs> and having folks who can also look at you and be like, Nigga, what you what you nah cause hold on, hold on. And that's crazy because I'm not like that. I just be like, oh damn. So that's what we <laughs> that's what we like that's what we done graduated to? Okay. All right. That's fair too. Okay. I'm gonna right. talk about you when you leave. Yeah. It ain't even that. I was just like, damn. No, I'm gonna talk about we you. We gonna we gonna definitely have to uh, if tell me why. <laughs> just tell me why. Like, Something. just just give me a little bit on what what that what brought you to making that. Yeah, what made you what made you feel that way? All right, man. So I'm uh I'm gonna get into um I know you heard the bro, man, but but nigga can wrap his ass off, man. I'm gonna get into um Guap Dad four thousand, man. Um, we're gonna do Guap Dad four thousand. Proud of process. The Cartier Crow, Rich Creek, I mean custard Flew a bitch from Buffalo, my Cartier's Buffalo My wing sauce is Buffalo, I'm way too hot I work the dough like a diamond 
dominoes They spotted him like dominoes And knocked him down like dominoes His ass got popped Oh my mama, I've been doing different Oh my mama, I've been trying my fucking best Not to be high tripping Come from immigrants, I'm living different We was fooling with them cars We should've been magicians Yeah, what don't I get about saving money? I know I made money So why the fuck is it I can't stack up? My little brother like to toast Something like a little boat When he hit you with that yacht He bet you niggas act up Like, period City boys, got a bus, making noise, the little shit is all progress, just gotta trust the product process. Oh, I finally get to talk some shit, oh, I finally get to say some words, the way I speak so direct on these songs, like I didn't even make a verse, I get paid for my play on words, in Indonesia. Walking and connecting with the people I done spent a lot of money and we still not equal I flex by giving back cause that other shit I could do But wouldn't sleep well, real niggas so true but Don't excuse me from the vices I take care of business first and then I'm swiping I'm in the club looking so undelighted You in my section looking so uninvited You sending bottles but you talk shit in private I see the future baby, I'm just being honest For every time I thought I was ready I had to find out that God was on the Sideline, yelling time out. Got my Rolex gold with diamonds around the rim. Looking for some more shit to put some diamonds in. Might put them all on a cool aid picture. Just to let them know where I came from, nigga. I remember when we was burning steaks on the stove. Now it's medium steaks on a lake in a bowl. My bank called, they said you're making progress. Just gotta trust the product process. Are we good, James Sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. So that was uh, Guap Dad 4000, man. What you got for me, dude? Got down. Uh, I got Mosey, bro. Like, like I say, I was telling you before, man, I was sleeping on, bro, for a real long time. And I don't know how. I used to hear a lot of people talking about it, and I just ignored that shit. And you know how I'm listening for my intros and my outros. For My music is always based on and geared on the topic. Right, so right, right. when you're listening to my music, you can tell by the tone of the song that is coming in of what the topic is going to be because the words of the lyrics are going to tell you what's yeah. coming about. So um, Sleepwalking, man, from Ozzy Light, bro, he bro, really, really just be talking some shit, man, and I really got damn, I'm, I'm low that I slept on him for a little bit, bro. That's a bet. So uh, it's Mozzie, too. Let's talk about that shit. Yeah. Mozzie. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. bad. Mozzie. That's why I throw it off. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, man. So, we can get to it, man. Sleepwalking, Mozzie. This is J.P. Banks. Hey, we done came a long way, traveled down the wrong way They ain't find no shell cases, thankful for the cold case Thankful for the prostitutes, assuming that we soulmate Thankful for the big homie, coach me through the dope game Puggers clutter both chains, euros hugging both lanes Caught up in the style of living, couldn't if I wanna change Hang out on the porch, we ate, out on Bill Force to pray God is good, God is great, I thank you for another day Thank you for this honey cake, thank you for my girly face I was too broke to ever visualize the world this way Trapped inside a world of pain I trap for every quarter game I don't do this shit for fame Bitch, I do this shit for gangs It's when I go against the grain Gave them niggas sticks to bang Helped them niggas get through chains And showed the hood a different way Bust it down and deviate it 
Everybody seeing paper. I just wanna see you make it. Incubators 80, baby. One up top, Aki, something stocky. In the choppy, fat Wally for Brodowski. Off of Oxy, Betty Moppy. Pull for a walky, vision cloudy, sleepwalking. Pull for a walky, vision cloudy, sleepwalking. One up top, Aki, something stocky. In the choppy, fat Wally for Brodowski. Off of Oxy, Betty Moppy. Pull for a walky, vision cloudy, sleepwalking. Pull for a walky, vision cloudy, sleepwalking. All them trials and tribulations. Bell enhancements and arraignments. Affidavits and them statements. Waiting games, so I'll rate it. The numbers double up when niggas label game related. Plus, I'm in and out of family court for doodle. Shit was crazy. Child protective services. Only thing you break me. Family of a murder victim. Only reason you should hate me. I've been feeling smothered lately. Blood called me for the Yankee. He ain't even called to thank me for that put on I just gave him. I miss my brother DZ. Only if them bullets grazed. He went no hatred in my heart until that happened. That's what changed me. My last trip to Quentin for that Yiki really saved me. I was moving maniac daily on my baby, nigga. Shoot you if you make me, nigga. E, we finally made it, nigga. Molly Shine, call in front of Bounty. What you facing, nigga? Shout out to the Asian boys. I love you for them catered, nigga. Call me when you need me. Y'all forever in my favor, nigga. One up top, Aki, something stocky. In the choppy, fat Wally for Brodowski. Off of Oxy, Betty Moppy. Pull for a walky, vision cloudy, sleepwalking. Pull for a walky, vision cloudy, sleepwalking. One up top, Aki, something stocky. In the choppy, fat Wally for Brodowski. Off of Oxy, Betty Moppy. Pull for a walky, vision cloudy, sleepwalking. Pull for a walky, vision cloudy, sleepwalking. Yes, sir, man. So that was Mozzie Sleepwalking, man. That's a cool little record, man. I fuck with that one. That was my first time hearing that one. Oh, yeah, I to told the... you, man. I, I slept on bro for a good little minute, though. Like, you, you know I was like, damn, cuz, what the fuck? You know what's funny, man? I remember back in high school, cuz, I've been listening to fucking Jay-Z and shit, and niggas be looking at me crazy. Cause that goddamn, I was listening to the same, I listened for the same shit. It was the lyrical shit that was just goddamn... That was sticking niggas ain't niggas ain't never one sitting next to me in jam cause I ain't see nobody. why you do Jay Z. I still just I'm not a I'm not a Jay Z fan, but I see the bigger picture yeah. on why. If because you, of who he is too or who he's become, but I just I, I get why you listen to him and still up north rap, it's just different. It's though. way different. It's just way different. It's way different. It's way different. I grew up um with cousins. That was bumping like all the southern shit, but it always throw like some Jay Z and uh, then my brother was always listening to Jay Z, you know what I'm saying? So I had no choice, right? And I remember back listening to um like Mace, right? Mm. I thought Mace was cool, like Mace was a fly ass nigga, like Mace was a cool ass nigga, like the way the nigga talk. So when I was younger, like I wanted to be like that's all you see on TV. Growing up, all we saw was up north, you know what I mean? Up north niggas, we didn't see too many. You know what I mean? You may see Wayne here and there. You know what I mean? Master P, you know what I'm saying? Hot Boys, all that. You know, No Limit, all that. But we didn't see a lot of it on the countdowns and all that. We didn't see a lot of it until the South made that shift and really started taking over. And that's when Wayne, really when Wayne, when Wayne went on his run um, when we was in high school, he was just on everything. He dropped them dedication mixtapes. He on any remix. He all over the place. That's really what shifted it because we had Wayne that took off, you know, high school, uh, then toward the end of middle school, 
and Tip drop uh, when we was in eighth grade. He dropped trap music when we was in eighth grade, and then you get you started getting Jeezy dropping when we in ninth. Then you just got like this is a steady stream. But uh, in the South, though, we were just too young to understand it. But Bone and and Pimp. Oh yeah, 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 in for the sure. Texas game that's still crazy. considered yeah. the South. We were just too young to understand, but then you know Uncle Luke was a different type of music different type in the of music. South too. But when you look at the Louisiana music, that is what really took off because you got Hot Boys Wayne, but then you got Kevin Gates, then you got you got uh, then you got Bootsy. Yeah, Bootsy. so that was, and then now the A. Yeah, is taking off yeah, because that yeah. that was just a move because dancing, yeah, rhythm mm. music. Mm-hmm. Is what really took off, and then you know, also you had the A with, you know, with Outkast and that whole Dungeon Family, um, you know, conglomerate from the A. I mean, hell, a lot of folks don't know, but Future grew up with the Dungeon Family, so Outkast, Andre Thousand, all of them, like Future grew up under them. Like he was in the house with them in the nineties. He was with them, you know what I mean. And then, um, you know, he just popped a little later on. If you look at Future, Future in his forties. You would think that nigga twenty something about what he talk about and how you know what I'm saying, but but few you know what I mean he he's he's the same age as Big Boy and, and Three Stacks and all of them like two chain like, yeah chain you know t- you know Titty Boy shit in his forties you know damn near fifty you know what I mean a lot of these rappers are and one is because it took so long to pop but you know same thing you know I remember listening to you know um, listening to uh, like you said Pimp listening to Bun listening to Scarface listening to the Ghetto Boys all that because I had a cousin. Shout out to Corey Mo, man. My cousin used to run that shit all the time. He still do. You get in the car with him right now, you guaranteed to hear Pimp. Nigga love Pimp. He look like him a little bit. He ain't as fat as Pimp, but. And we are at the top of Black History Month, man. Um, or as Kanye calls it, Black Future Month. Um, with Black History Month, man, we've seen a lot of shit. One story that's been prevailing and out there. Something that we knew was a thing. It just never really got put out to light. Um, Brian Flores uh, lost his job as the head coach of Miami Dolphins um, and has been out in the league ever since. Um, he received a text from Bill Belichick, who was head coach of New England Patriots, uh, congratulating Brian Dable on getting the New England, not New England, a New York Giants job. Now, the issue with that is that Brian Flores had an interview with the Giants Scheduled for two days later. So, how are you congratulating someone on getting a job if I'm still interviewing for it? You're not congratulating them if you don't know they got the job. Some dads has to be flowing through the grapevine. Mm-hmm. But you're still interviewing my black ass for it. Mm-hmm. So, it's a dummy interview. Mm-hmm. So, with the NFL, the Rooney Rule, which basically says that these teams have to interview a certain amount of minority candidates but they're also hiring coaches and just going through these interviews just for the fuck of it. Uh, what's your immediate reaction to that? I mean, I know there's no surprise there, but what's your reaction to that? Well, man, it's so crazy because the new episode is about to drop Tuesday. Me, Lil' Reg, and my boy Ryan, shout out to Pele Von Doom. Um, he came back on the platform. We just recorded the episode yesterday that's going to come out Tuesday about this. Okay. Um, I've been looking at Jason Whitlock. Yeah. Um, and he's been going haywire with on um on Flores. But 
how I'm looking at the situation is. I fucking hate Jason Whitlock, by the way. And I know, I again, I see, I see why, but I, I tell, just like I was telling a bro, and I tell people all the time, the message. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of people don't like, you know, Whitlock because of the messenger. He has put a lot of bad taste in people's mouth in the past. And once somebody fuck you up, once somebody piss you off with something, you can't really get past that. So the way that you look at a person after that, mm-hmm. you, you side on when it, even if it makes sense, mm-hmm. you still side on because of what they did before. Right. But with the the the, the Bill Belichick shit, Flores is saying shit like Bill Belichick's influence is the problem mm-hmm. because. Duval getting that job and him knowing that and the mistake that you were just stating being made, right? That decision was made based on Bill Belichick's influence, right? Mm-hmm. But do we not realizing Flores got the mm-hmm. Miami job because of Bill Belichick's influence? Right. So when it the the racism thing sometimes we're crying wolf so bad that i always tell people sometimes when we throw cars out so much because we know they're winning cars you don't pay attention to where you didn't have to pull that card out to win that book but we keep throwing them out so much because you're scared because it's called play to win space is play to win but you you don't have to throw that car you headbutted the situation because Flores didn't even wait till the next offseason to see. After that, knowing that evidence, he didn't even give it a shot to see the next hiring cycle if he was going to get the job. Bro pulled the racist trigger quick. He panicked. Right. He panicked. And now you're not only that, you just really fucked up a lot of shit for you and others pulling that card like that because – you're not going to be trusted in a circle of white people of talk anymore because and even with the black community now, people, black people who got sense, they like, boy, you can't really say nothing around this nigga, boy, because if he, if his back against the wall, he going to play the card because let's, like, let's keep remembering too now. Whitlock said something that was, that spoke my, that caught my eye ear too, that made a lot of sense. Flores is complaining about how the owners keep picking, thinking white head coaches are the best candidates. But Flores, when it comes to marrying, he didn't pick the right head coach either because he went white too. And see, these are the things that make me absolutely hate Jason Whitlock. Hold on. I, I, and I get what you're saying. Let me finish this. Hold mm-hmm. on. I get. I know where you're about to go. Yeah. And if not, you can correct me. Anybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay, that's just listen. Just look at the other thing. So you can't complain if if that is okay for mm-hmm. you to pick. If you feel like that white woman is the best for you, mm-hmm. black women interviewing for your coaching job, and you're going that route too, though. And if how you're even with the attorneys. He brought the white attorneys. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of black attorneys that if you're re- if you're standing for the black cause, see, we stand for a black cause, but we still think the white man can save us as we do this fight. Because when Muhammad Ali stood for his, who did he have sitting with him? Jim Brown. Mm-hmm. 
uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Mm -hmm. He had black leaders that that stand is for the black. If Flores wanted, if Flores wanted a stand, okay, now you go get LeBron. You go get, you get black influential Jay-Z. You get, even if it's a ploy, you have black people, black faces that stands behind you. You don't go up there and stand with white attorneys and white spokesmen for a black cause. They right. don't take it serious if you're representing it by right now it looks like it's all a sham. For me, when I look at, and again, like, and when you're saying, because you said, you said Jason Whitlock, and I wanted to let you rock that out, because I wanted Scott, I don't watch him at all, um, because for me, he's been cooling for years, but I wanted to hear what he had to say, because maybe he had a different opinion. Um, in the NFL, a lead that's 70% black, mm -hmm. there's one current black head coach. Mm -hmm. um, that's, a, that's just a fact. Who Brian Flores' attorney wife is doesn't cover that fact, and okay. the my, the issue I've always had with Whitlock is is that he'll go and pull some random shit out to make a point without addressing the real point. Because don't tell me that, and then so you don't tell me that out of the seven percent black league is one black head coach. You hire a coach, and this is no knock on Brian Dayball. Brian mm -hmm. Dable has been a, he was a great offensive coordinator at Alabama. He was great under Bill Belichick. He's a good coach. It's not saying that he's not deserving of the job, but red flags get raised when you're hired. You've hired him, but you're interviewing me after you hired him. Like you can't have him hired and have me come in for an interview for the same job two days later. And then we know there's the Rooney rule that's put in place that says, well, you got to interview this many candidates. You know what I mean? So we just going to throw some dummy interview, but we ought to hire him. That's the right? problem. And, but, and that's the thing. So for me, and, and you know what I mean? Sure, Bill Belichick's assistants have gotten jobs across the league. I don't know if any of them, if I'm being real as an owner, I wouldn't hire none of them because I don't know any of them have, that have been successful. Mm -hmm. None. I can't think of a Bill Belichick assistant that's gone and been successful with any job mm -hmm. that he's gotten as head coach ever. And this goes back to Charlie Weiss. Um, uh, what's my man? Romeo Cornell, all of these guys, those were the ones who were there. So that was the offense defense coordinator when the Patriots won the first Super Bowls with Brady, right? Offensive coordinator was Charlie Weiss. He left, went to Notre Dame as a head coach, failed there. Went to Kansas as a head coach, failed there. Like, you know, Romeo Cornell went to the Browns with all these different places, failed as coaches. So just as a segue, not a segue, but just as a one-off, I wouldn't hire any of Bill Belichick's assistants anyway. Or you know Sean McVay. I mean? Yeah, or Sean. You know what I mean? Well, Sean McVay's one, so I give him that. And he's young. His coaching mm -hmm. tree. Oh, his coaching tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I wouldn't dig in his coaching tree because he's fucking 33 years old. You know, his tree's not even but really. But you're a, still here yeah, yeah, talking about yeah. Sean McVay coaching tree. Yeah, yeah, but his tree's not even really a fucking tree yet. You know, I mean, Bill Belichick's been doing it so long that, like, these guys are. This is a plant. Yeah, yeah, they're established, you know, guys, you know what I mean? So and they've been in the system for 10, 12 years. McVay's been a head coach for, what, three, four? You know what I mean? Five so, yeah, so f f even five or six, you know what I mean? You, don't, you haven't been in long to have a legitimate tree. Like, Nick Saban, his tree is like Kirby Smart and all mm -hmm. these, you know, like, that's a little bit different. But, um,. The point of the matter is, is that with Whitlock, him pointing to him having, because if he hires a white attorney, we unless we know them circumstances, mm -hmm. 
around that white attorney, then we don't know. It's his because family. exactly. His so wife's dad and brother. Exactly. So if that's my wife and that's her dad and brother, and I'm working in my best interest, mm-hmm. why would I then go out and just to say it, just for the look, just to say I got this with me? You know what I mean? Because now when you're doing things just for the look, it becomes disingenuous. It's not a genuine thing. You know what I mean? So when it's not genuine, you see that as well. You know what I mean? If you if I'm surrounded by black folks, just to be surrounded by black folks, but these black folks with me don't even care about what I'm talking about. They just standing behind me, say standing behind me. You know what I mean? That's not a good look. That looks bad. And if you when you look at it, and especially in today's point in time, a lot of folks won't do it. Like a lot of these black athletes, you know, today, and there's no knock on them because I wouldn't either. If I don't believe in what you're rocking with, I won't do it. But like, but in this athlete's world, black change, they're rocking with that. So they're that, that with, part. They're rocking with certain black change. Okay. This right here, the way that ESPN is talking about it, mm-hmm. you're telling me they can't because everybody's on Flores' side. Oh, now everybody's on the side. So you're telling me you can't get that as to rock with that movement. I know what you're saying. Because when you're saying that that he's bringing up something so left field, you got to understand people like him and Stephen A. Smith, they have some bullshit mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. But I always say, listen to what they're saying without the bullshit mentality that you're thinking. Their babe, Stephen A., when he says things like, brother, you're a black man, you can't do this. We're saying, man, come on, just because he's black, he can't do it. Yes, that is true. You're right. He shouldn't be saying But what he's saying is, and what Whitlock is saying, when you're dealing with that corporate white person when they're running the money, this is the things that they're saying in these rooms. Mm-hmm. I'm giving you peeping. This is what they're saying about you, about mm-hmm. us. This is what. So when it comes to the white wife and dislike that, yes, it may seem left field to you. But what he's saying is when they're in their lenses, it's looking like here we go fucking again. Because the Rooney rule is the problem. Mm-hmm. Because it, what they do is when you make a rule, because they're rule makers right. by, by, yeah. by design. So when there's a rule slapped down to work against them, what are they going to do? They're going to find a loophole to work around it. So the Rooney rule is forcing you to interview them. You know you don't want to hire them anyway, so you have to set up dummy interviews. So all in all, when you're saying about the stupid stuff, that don't make it. All in all, what we have to do is make a stand and stop. Make them have to come to us. What about the interviewing when it's 70% black? That is telling you 70% revolves around us. Stop fucking playing. But what it is is stability is scaring everybody. If it ain't about the dollar because we put so much value on success, celebrityism, and a dollar. So you're going to take so much shit because this is my livelihood. I got to protect my family. But the problem is this. We're all making that choice. And, and if we what? don't move away from standing for something, they're not going. You're, you're not going to what? change these and, white owners. And that's that's where I wanted to go. And that's what I want to hear from them. I don't want to hear um, a black man and Jason Whitlock talk about my white wife. No, if you're going to say anything for me, 
You know what I mean? Say what you said. Say, you know what? We don't need to be here then. If you don't want us here, we're not going to be here, right? So one of the best examples is um, you look what Dion's doing at Jackson State, right? Mm-hmm. And you're pulling these, you know, these five-star players are coming. Yeah, you know, y'all come here. Y'all don't need them. Y'all don't need that. You know what I mean? I love Georgia. Y'all don't got to go to Georgia to go to the NFL. You don't got to go to Bama. You ain't going to Florida, Florida State. You ain't got to do that to go to the NFL. If you could play, they're going to find you. These NFL players, like you said, they had to take a stand. I understand. It's tough, but somebody has to take the hit. Like, now, now, like you said, the good thing is, you know, someone has to take the hit. Someone has to say, you know what? Until this happens, I'm not doing X. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm not playing. Now, yes. the NFL is the last league that can operate the way it operates. Mm-hmm. The reason why is because there's a lot of old bunny in the mm-hmm. NFL. Mm-hmm. We look at the Kraft family that uh, owns the Patriots. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, the uh, the family, the um, the Rooney's that own the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, look at this artist, or even you know, oh, Arthur, uh, you know, Bob O'Neill uh, uh, that just uh, yeah. uh, that just died, yeah. and now his his son is over the the Texans. Absolutely, absolutely. You know what I mean? It's, it's, Jimmy this is, John, uh, yeah. J- uh, uh Jerry Jones. Yeah, Jerry Jones. This is a lot of old money. Even my man um, Al Davis, that was out in uh in um Oakland. Okay, right. Like he died. His son took over. I think mm-hmm. Stephen Davis. No, it's not Stephen Jones. It's uh, Jerry Jones. Son. But his son took over for Al. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of old money in the league. These contract structures are situated in a way that. You can't take a stand because your money is not guaranteed. See, these guys in the NFL can take that stand. In the NBA, I mean, can take a stand. Now, there's less of them, so it's easier. Mm-hmm. And I know on the uh, I'm Athlete podcast, they had this conversation. Like, it's hard for players in the NFL to take a stand because there's so many football players, mm-hmm. right, that, you know what I mean, they'll just plug something in. Mm-hmm. You're going to find that one who's been sitting at the house for three years waiting for a chance, and he, he could play. He's ain't got a shot. And then you sit down, we plug him in. So there's going to have to be, and I don't know if it's going to be at the next, uh, the next CBA, you know, the next collective bargaining agreement that they, re- but there's going to have to be something in somebody who stands up and truly takes a stand in this and say, yo, we need this. Cause the contracts are going to happen first. They got to, they got to eliminate that first. It can't be that I signed a, uh, a four year, $50 million contract mm-hmm. and 15 million guaranteed, mm-hmm. which means $35 million is just out there tied up in the incentives over four years. Mm-hmm. And they can pull me, you know, or play me regardless. You know, they said Antonio Brown, right? Mm-hmm. They said part of it was, you know, and, and it turned out not to be the case because he was injured and he didn't want to go in. Mm-hmm. But the first story was they thought they that he, they, the yeah, they thought he got pulled. He wasn't getting the ball. It was because he had a million dollars basically tied up in what he did that game. If you finish with these certain incentives, it's a big chunk. If your salary for the season is two mil, and nine hundred thousand dollars of that two million is tied up in how many catches, yards, you know what I mean, and touchdowns I get this year, that's tough. So that has to be removed. In NBA, in the NBA, you can average two points a game, whole season. Well, if that contract say you owe fifteen million, twenty million dollars, your ass is getting twenty million dollars no matter what. So that has to change first. You know what I mean? And I think that's where it goes. But with me, with Whitlock, um, Stephen A. does it a little bit too, man. He does a little bit of cooning too. Um, 
for me, Whitlock has never been for the players. He's always done that. He's always attacked more, in particular, black players personally. Because don't tell me, because obviously this this is a clear this is clear what they did to Brian Flores wasn't fair, uh-huh. right? It wasn't fair. You know what I mean? Just in the sense of don't bring me for an interview to hire somebody. It's really simple. It's common courtesy. Don't don't bring me in. If you don't hire. Don't even bring me in. I get it. The Rooney Rule is why you're bringing me in. And you said the Rooney Rule is a problem. You're a million percent right on that. But just don't bring me in. You know what I mean? Don't bring me in. Two things. This is the reason why those in all athletic football and basketball, this is why they won't hire black coaches. Black coaches are leaders of men. Mm-hmm. White coaches run a business. Mm-hmm. Mark Jackson, Mike Tomlin, they look at men. Yes, I am your boss, but I am going to better you as a man while you're taking care of your family. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make you a better man. Mm-hmm. You are going to respect me. You are going to walk up right when you walk around here. People are going to know you are a strong man. Mm-hmm. Why? You, it's okay for you to treat my, my white players like that. But mm-hmm. when you make your black players feel like that too, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. We don't want you making leaders of men. We want you to build a car that keeps moving. Mm-hmm. We, we don't want you focusing on because you're caring about the way that their outside life is because their family, family member died or because they, their, their child is sick. Or because something's going on. No, because my business still has to run. You caring about someone's feelings. We don't like that. White coach is not going to care about that. Black coaches will. But well, what's going to need to happen in the football world? You're going to have to bring Dion in. Dion is going to have to build a tree like a Saban. Like a, like a, a Bill Belichick. When Dion builds a tree... That is where your black coaches and black coordinators get those head coaching job opportunities. Dion is I going think, to have to be the one. And, and this is the thing. This is the thing. I don't even think it has to be Dion. I know somebody and it, it has, has to be somebody. Show it stopping. Be, it has to be. Has to be. And it doesn't have to be that. It's be because to be honest, you know, a guy like Mike Tomlin could be that. No, he's not a show. He's not. You know, he he just consistently wins. Now imagine if all my because hell to be real with you, the most diversified coaching staff in the league is Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has nothing but black and women coaches. Well, I'm sorry, not just black, minority and women coaches but black across is not the at board. The top. And you, but your coordinators black. Your co- but but here here what I'm saying here I'm saying so it doesn't necessarily have to be that. It doesn't have to be a black man that comes in as a savior. You know, sometimes we get caught up in the savior complex. Someone has to come, one person has to come in and do it. No, it has to be a unified effort. One person isn't going to change this because, again, Dion can come in and build a tree, but if the same folks are the ones hiring out of the tree, it doesn't matter. They're not going nowhere. They're who because if if Dion Dion can build a tree of the greatest black coaches in the history of football, but if the right owners don't want to hire them, it doesn't matter. Now, hold, hold on a second. Now, the other part to it, too, is, you know, when you're talking college, college, you're developing these guys into men. 
right? College coaches. And that's strictly spent strictly because of how much time these guys spend under your tutelage, right? So you come on campus, you know what I mean? The coaching staff and, and the staffers on your in your uh in your um on your staff or whatever, they're the ones from what dorm you're in, you're constantly up under them. They're mm-hmm. constantly around your position coach. When these kids get recruited, the position coach is typically the one that gets them. That's why when position coaches take jobs, kids start moving and leaving because they came in because the DB coach promised me X, Y, and Z. My mama like him. Maybe I don't even know the head coach. Head coach may have came to my house once, but I, the, the position coach texts me, happy birthday. He checked on my mama. He, he, he pulled to my little brother rec league game. Like, this is the one I rock with, right? So, in college, in the NFL, the time spent around an uh, NFL head coach anyway wouldn't even be enough to develop them in the man. It wouldn't. They're not what it's literally they it's literally like going to work. They go in, they go to practice, they go to they go to whatever staff means, and they had a crib. So that wouldn't even be a thing for them to consider. The main thing is, you know, one point that you did that you made when you said that it's run as a business, I think a lot of times, and it happens a lot. You know what I mean? And just in, in any working field, you know what I mean? When you people come in for an interview, you tend to gravitate toward people that look like you. It is what it is. It's part of it. In hiring, it happens, right? You see a lot of it. That's why you see a lot of workplaces that aren't diversified. You see all this diversity shit because people are hiring people who look like them. They gravitate people who look like them. Oh, you went to this school? Oh, I went there too. How so? Oh, you went there? you And you connect on that level because you have something in common. You know what I mean? But... And that's why I say for the players, there has to be something from them that comes from them to hit the owners and they have a list of demands of this is what I this is what we need, this is what we want, or we're pulling out of this product, period. Because without that, you can hire whatever coach you want, but it's still gonna happen. Again, this has been the wildest that I've seen. This has been the wildest. You know, that you know, when you talk about um Coaches who uh, is only one black head coach in the league. Like this is I, I never seen this before. Mm-hmm. Um, now there's other things too. You know what I mean? I know when they talked about um, Eric Eric Bellini uh, yeah, that yeah. came in. Oh, he interviewed with the with the Falcons. Mm-hmm. He said the interview was awful. Yeah, he and said a bad interview. Yeah, so it was, it was a bad interview. Now that can also be a thing. You know what I mean? I'm you know so I think the main thing in this isn't that. Job should be just given to someone, right? That shouldn't be the case, you know what I mean? But we've seen a lot of other cases of blackhead coaches not being allowed the leash that their white counterparts seem to receive. Um, you know what I mean? And a lot of white coaches in the last few years that have been snatched one year deals on the coaching, right? What, what I'm, where I'm getting at is it's a lot of if you don't notice. In this way of life that we going in right now, bro, we are live there in this socialist world, bro. We're going through life with they're pushing this thing with the black community, which is hope, right? All just hope, bro, and that's the problem. So with this racism push of not enough black coaches and this outcry of racism, we're getting so comfortable every time pulling that card. 
when we're not even realizing when that card should be pulled and if it's a situation where it should be pulled to try to trump to win that book. And that is the problem because they're setting this up to where we're going to keep every time instead of taking what we're supposed to have. It's not about earning, bro. We got to take what we deserve. Right. And it's designed right now is when we're not taking, but we're going through the channels and we're just cruising and we don't succeed. We are pulling the racist card. We're going to keep using that as the reason why we fail instead think, of yeah. we are not putting in the work because a lot of these black coaches, when do they have when you, so let me ask you this. What is the correct way that you feel that this shit should go about on the process? Um, I think there needs to be, um, for me, I think there needs to be an independent process. Like, there needs to be someone in that room that's independent, void of any affiliations with the NFL. Uh, you know, I know with the um, with baseball, they do it, right? With contract negotiations, eventually they, be, they bring in an arbitrator. Someone who has nothing to do with you and nothing to do with the team. So if you're an athlete and I'm an owner and we're talking about these contracts, we're going to sit down we're going to bring him in. He ain't got shit doing neither one of us. Mm-hmm. And he's going to rule on what makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. And the same thing can happen with NF- when the NFL hiring these coaches. Okay, cool. We're going to sit down and we're going to bring somebody in who has nothing to do with either team, no interest, no stake in either team, and we're going to sit down. And then we're going to go through, right? We go through all these interviews. And you make your hire. But once we make the hire, you need to be, have to justify why. What why why do you, you feel like what why do you feel like this person now I know it's not gonna happen because the commissioner ultimately answers to the owners. He works for them. Mm-hmm. But to me, when you ask what should happen, what could happen, you know what I mean, to me that's the that that would be and if I just had to do something sans what I talked about with the players saying, yo, fuck it, this is what we want. Okay. If it's just something that next year, say next year we need something quick, mm-hmm. boom, what are we gonna do? We need an independent That's a arbitrator. Step, then. What yeah. you're saying is a yeah. step. I get it, right? Mm-hmm. So, because the question that I ask, what is the process? Yeah. Right? So, you answer the process, right? Mm-hmm. Next, when you go through that process, right? what determines the hire? The hire will have to be, again, you get to make your own hire, but what we're doing is not we're throwing this, this wrench into the process now. So, if you, you can still hire every white coach you want to. Okay. But this independent, independent now we have... This independent arbitrator who comes in says, "Yo, listen, I was there too. This is what we found, based so off." They still so, choose all white. Now you have to answer for it. Okay. Now you, now you have to answer to it. Now, what you do with that? Now it becomes it becomes a point to where you know all you're still hiring these these coaches, and there's a scale here or a grading system on coaches, right? Okay. Um, That's what the question not, was. Yeah. So you're not me if you're constantly hiring these coaches that aren't, you know, uh, black coaches. And they constantly fall below this grading scale, but you constantly have minority uh, coaches who are a ceiling above the scale, right? Now you got to start answering to that. Now it's now I don't know if it's fines. I don't know how do you want to do that. Even just putting it out, just because just putting it out there, the PR from that is bad enough to where niggas will start making. It's changes. so hard, even though it's visual. Yeah. On a legal standpoint, it's so hard to prove. With the Rooney rule and what their the outcry is, so yeah, my, and that's my, why my thing is this. When I asked about all right the process, then I said, so what 
when when you start in the hiring phase, what makes you qualify? You saying then you're looking at the grading scale. Right. So your people think saying you should line up by resume. Right. Who brings best to the table? But can you honestly tell me truthfully? Let's look at it for real, for real. Positioning coordinators, right? A lot of these white coaches are getting higher head coaching jobs. They were just coordinators, right? right? But can you honestly and truly say within your heart of hearts that in the black coordinators in assistance that they are being taught the X's and O's like the white coordinators are. Because if you give a black coach, linebacker coach, running back coach, mm-hmm. all he's doing is telling you how to hit the hole, right. how to bust in the hole. Right. But does he know the X's and O's? And mm-hmm. the reason that they're getting hired is because the white coaches know the X's and O's. They're not the assistant, the black assistants are not being pulled in the wheel like they're supposed to when it comes to being taught. And, and that's I, the issue. And and that's the thing. I don't know if that's true though. Like, because you I, I I'm not I can't roll with the white coaches know the X's and O's and the black coaches don't. Because I'm looking at the best offense in the NFL the last three years have been from the Chiefs with the black coordinator. I watched the uh, best offense last year in the Tampa Bay Bucks with the black coach. I watched some of the best defenses come from black defensive coordinators. Um, you know, from again from that Patriots defense, Romeo Cornell. So I wouldn't say that's necessarily the last. The, the last few white coaches that I've gotten are but have been position coaches. They have not. So the outcry is that they've been getting, they have not had any coordinator experiences. A lot of these white, a lot of these white coaches that's been getting a job, right. they've been position coaches. Right. You know but what I'm saying? Right. So they've but been positioned. Yeah, but I wouldn't use that as uh, the black coach has a lack of knowledge. I don't think that's what it is. But I think that, again, I think a lot of it is, you know, these you are jobs. These, these are jobs. to listen. So that's why I'm asking you. Are we? Are y'all really listening to what the what the outcry is, and are we analyzing what the problem is? Though that's what the I'm pro- saying. Because the, the crying is, is the problem. The problem is very simple. And again, like I said, you know, guys like Whitlock take it and they say all this extra shit. But let's again answer me the one question: Why are you interviewing coaches mm-hmm. when you already have a coach hired, black or white? Because that's what the rules say. They're going to have to prove that they sent him an offer letter. And if they were dumb enough to do that, if we see that, that is your outcry. And that is the way that this goes crashing down. That is the only way right. this is signed, sealed, and delivered, right. which you just said. Right. If that is not, it's hard to prove that in court only based bias by feelings. But if they did not offer him, that's why I said the Rooney rule has to be Excluded because they're going to find ways around it on a legal standpoint to have but, to still go the, through the channel. But here's the thing. We can't not say anything because we are saying, well, they're going to find a way around it. Well, we still got to give them something to find a way around. No, we, we don't. Can't just, we need we to can't. just get our fucking own. We have to get our own because but, we're but, choosing. But, but here's the thing, and that's where the issue is because I said that. 
But then, you know, it circles back to where, you know, these white people, they got this and they got, yo, fuck, well, it's either we need to get our own or we need to sit and wait and figure this out. Like, it's either that's one the or the other. Two, uh, that's the only two options. Th- but those are real options. There's obviously, obviously a flaw in this system. It always and, is. Exactly. And this isn't a system where the prevent, like, again, if the league is 70% black, 70% of these players are black, mm-hmm. there's no way that you can tell me there wouldn't be more minority coaches. Now, again, there's a CBA. There's a Players Association precedent. There, Those are the guys, those are the people who have to really push for these things that I'm saying. So, again, arbitrators that are there in, the, in these interviews that are putting this shit out there. You know what I mean? Because, again, if they want to go hire these white coaches, that's fine. That's fine. Now, if you turns around and they come out and they keep saying, yo, look, they keep hiring these motherfuckers, hey, we, it's right here. Eventually, that pre, that just, just the press alone, the bad press alone starts holding value because guess what happens when you get the uh, organization that hires the black coaches? Guess where when guys are free agents? Guess where they start coming to play? Like, all of that matters. But if everything's hidden, if everything's under wraps, if the Rooney rule's there, but how they actually do the Rooney rule doesn't, you know, there, there's no transparency in it, you're going to keep bumping into the same issue. So that's the issue of, again, them interviewing somebody who in the job is already done, is already said, but we, um, we got we to interview at least three of these motherfuckers. Okay, cool. If you're transparent, if you have arbitrators that's sitting in every single interview, if we know what's going on, we're graded. Now, if the grades come out and it says that this coach, this white coach, is better than the black coach based on the system, then cool. It is what it is. But, you know what I mean, it's, in this particular sense, it's obvious what's going on. When you see these constant retreads of coaches, when you see the Jason Garretts, when you see, you know, these guys constantly get jobs over and over again. They go over here, they fuck up, then they go over here, they fuck up. You know what I mean? Then you start hearing things about John Gruden and all that. When you start hearing these things and you see a guy like Keyshawn Johnson saying, John Gruden didn't know what the fuck he was doing from the jump. He stole it. Yeah, he stole You know what I'm saying? So when you start, when these things start coming out more and the voices become louder, that's when the change starts occurring. You know what I mean? But again, someone, you know, there has to be a group that comes out and is willing to take the hit that really comes out and does that. If you just That's sit the back problem. and, it's, you know what I mean? Somebody has to be willing to take the hit, bro. And that, yeah, exactly. And and somebody has to take the hit and not, and not socially hit. Right. It is going to be a financial, when you take that hit, you better have your people backing you because mm-hmm. you will not be able to get quote-unquote employment from them ever again the the it starts with bruh coming together mm-hmm. and knowing that you're trusting each other because when somebody takes that hit their livelihood is going to be in jeopardy mm-hmm. that's the part yep absolutely. that that the the process is not what we need to be working on it's the trust because fuck the process mm-hmm. the process don't have nothing to do with it as soon as we have that trust, process is out the window because the stand starts. Yeah. So it's not the process, brother. Mm-hmm. And that is what, like I said, when you look at the message behind some of this, it's like, bro, this is in those contracts. It's more than money. 
mm-hmm. in those contracts, your livelihood and your freedom and the what you stand on and what you can say and how you move is stripped away. So he's saying, you, why are you crying when you're signing up for this? If you're going to cry, you're not built for it. But if you're ready to take a stand, you better be ready for what comes afterwards. And again, you're right about picking the white white, but it makes sense though, my uh, brother. It do. It, it, it makes sense though, because you can't cry about one and turn a blind eye to another because your sisters can't even get a head coach job with you. And that 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 but is that's, right though. But that's the thing, choice. But that's but that's the thing. These are two kadodo. It's no, it's, but no, it's different. No, hear, hear me, it's different because you don't know. Look, when I'm hiring somebody for a job and I'm looking for somebody to have a relationship with, the qualifications are completely different. What I like, what I enjoy. I get he could be a motherfucker just like a fat ass and a white girl with fat ass. You don't know what went into that. That there's no qualifications there. There's nothing to say she was X, Y, and Z. Like as a coach, you can say, well, listen, as a head, as a, as a coordinator, I was ahead. I was the, uh, the head of this offense that I wanted this level, this level, this level. When you're pursuing someone in a relationship, those are completely they, they, separate. Their resume counts in relationships too. That's but those the thing. Are, but oh, those both, are, both have resumes. But the thing is, it's is all though, but, the thing, but the thing is, those resumes you you can't correlate the two. That literally, like when he like if I <laughs> and you I don't know and I don't know who was up there when do he that, said when, I, when someone was up. I don't know who was on on whatever with them, but if they let that shit fly, because that literally is the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. But that, but that, you let that, that you, you that's just cool. That it's okay. Well, yeah, the NFL owners got head coaches, but you would look at your white wife. <laughs> that shit sounds stupid as fuck. But both of them, it makes it, it not. It when you look at it, and you put both, when you're putting on a scale of what matters because so, what you're saying is employment and relationships. But both of them are financial decisions, bro. But they're not always. But they're not marriage is a financial. Contractual agreement. A lot of people aren't. It's but, a job, but bro. you can't. But you can't say everybody. Love is not the only thing that to that, you. That, to you though, it might be for him that he just really loves that, that marriage license was created. But listen to what I'm telling you, okay. y'all. You're trying to take the way you're viewing it and make it as what every everybody's not viewing marriage as. This is a contract, even if it is. Every some people are just saying, "Yo, I really love this mother. I don't care about the rest of this shit." All I know is I want to spend my life with this motherfucker, and that's it. I don't care about financial. So you can't say that this is a financial contract for everybody and because some people don't care about it. That's not why they got married. And that is the So when we're listening to the message, we have to understand with that too. Miles, you're correct. Mm-hmm. But the problem is this. Black people have to realize when we are stepping into different financial tax brackets, the way that we're thinking and the way that we're feeling is it, a it's all has but tax in, brackets. But, too, but again, again, Love your but wife. again, but again, what I'm saying is, is what basically on the, the, the simplest level, what, what, uh, what Whitlock said is that he can't get mad that a less qualified white male got the job because he has a white wife. No, that's not what that he's is saying. That's basically what he's saying. Because he's saying, he's saying you can't get mad that they picked this white man. No, white no, 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 no. What, he what he's saying is. Just like you have that decision to choose, those white owners have that same choice so, to make. Okay, so if his wife was black, then what? Tony, does your wife black? Then they they 
then they gave, you see what I'm saying? Like, who, who you choose? So, who? check that. I'm so, glad you so, brought that up because so, me so, and Doom talked about this too then. So, when they stole that championship from Dungeon, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They made it right. I'm sorry. No. They, yes, they did because you know why? They gave him Peyton Manning, Miles. Nah, they, they gave him Peyton Manning nah. to go. Bro, they made the shit right with Tony. Because at the end of the day, how just, they, like, they, just they, like with Byron Leftwich. How did just they get, like, if Byron Leftwich how did was get, someone but, but else's listen, coordinator, listen, listen, right? listen, listen, if listen. Byron Leftwich was somebody else's coordinator and not Tom Brady, would Byron be top but listen if to the what, enemy was listen not to, Listen Patrick to what Mahomes you listen to what you but listen listen hear me out thing. listen to what you just said okay you told me that a head coach who got a team ready to win the Super Bowl mm-hmm. right you said listen this is how we're gonna make it right we're gonna give you Peyton Manning they didn't give him Peyton Manning Peyton Manning got him Peyton Manning didn't win shit but listen hear me out mm-hmm. Peyton Manning but see that's the mindset that motherfuckers get caught up in oh listen we're gonna give you no 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 no, no. You stole that. He built that shit. This, this, this is what we yes. did. This is what we did. We took a team. You took a team that wasn't shit. You built them to a Super Bowl. You started over, and you built another team to a Super Bowl. And that's it. It ain't no we got you Peyton Manning. Because Peyton Manning didn't win a damn thing for he got with Tony Dungeon. Nothing. He never won shit. So he they, they didn't make it right. He just got back and did the shit again that he did in Tampa. They didn't do anything for Tony Dungeon. Tony Dungeon, just like, just like, uh, Mark Jackson, those guys were very spiritual, God-fearing, building character men. Right. Those white owners, white America, did not like that. That is the and what they do is for a rebuilding process, they're going to let the black coaches take the hit and have all that pressure on their backs. And as soon as it looks like you're about to go over the hump. They fire them and claim that it needs to be a new voice in the room because there's one more thing that is missing to take them over the hump. But even but even then, even then, with Mark Jackson, the actual players said that. But here's the thing, though. Draymond sat down in an interview and talked about how much him and Steve Kirk got into it. Mm-hmm. But he also spoke to how... He agreed with saying, yo, we wouldn't be who we are without what Steve Kerr did. He said Mark could only get us to a certain point. Mark did a lot of other dumb shit, too. Mark also was holding fucking church services in the damn in the, in the facility like and didn't say shit. He, he didn't tell them shit. He also went and spoke uh-huh. out about gay. Yeah, exactly. He also went and spoke out about gay folks knowing that your damn owner's gay. Like, you uh-huh. did stupid shit. Like, that's dumb shit. Like, there's nothing you're going to tell me that's going to say, like, no, but that's, it, but you, you, cause again, you, you, you can't get away with that anywhere. Not just in as a head America, coach. You're yeah, right. anywhere, anywhere in life. But society, it, why anywhere, anywhere but, in life, if you gotta, if you, you could work at a convenience, you could work at fucking Shell and the day and your boss is gay and you go out talking shit about gay people. He wasn't talking shit about them. What ha- the, when you're in the media and you ask questions, he's put in a lose-lose situation. He's not. Because if he don't answer, well, why didn't he answer? Leave it right there. But that's the – so, again, even with that, it's a lose-lose because they're going – that is it's buzz, not lose, too. It's not a lose, that's lose. buzz, too. It's not it, – it's buzz, but the thing is, all you have to say is I'm not answering that question. People I'm not here to talk about that. People take flag for silence, too, so it don't it's, matter. But, but it's cool, but the flag for silence – as opposed to the fact for saying the wrong thing are two completely different levels. But the thing that he said was not dissing them. It was just his views and it his doesn't, point. It doesn't matter. Leave it there. Leave it there. I'm not talking about that. Leave it there. That's all you had to say. You're 
Like, I, I, I would do the same yeah, thing. Yeah, and that's it. Because, right. again, if you're playing, so again, he did dumb shit. You don't have to say shit. <laughs> you ain't got to say shit. You ain't got to. You know this is just being smart. It's, but it's not but, understanding. It's, and it's the fear of if you don't, I can lose, and then you still lose doing nah. it a different way. If Mark Jackson's a smart enough man to know the best thing to he's say smart is nothing. now. He was smart then. No, he's smarter now. Oh, you're always smarter. You're always he, smarter. He know now. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. But yeah. it's looking at it. If you ask me a question, there are certain things I won't say. Even now, there's certain things I won't say because I know if I say this, it's going to cause an issue there. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to say this. Like, that is, is what it is. So, again, what he did wasn't strictly based in, you know, this team and – you know what I mean? Them saying it's a new voice. There's a lot of other dumb shit that he was doing behind the scenes. There's a whole write-up about all the shit he was doing with the Warriors behind the scenes, and that's what led to a black nigga you know home, I mean? bro. You got to look out for hey, the man, you cause, know what I'm saying? Hey, a black nigga home, cuz. You got to look out for the community. Hey, can, can, hey, can we Damn. have church in Oracle? Did, did, he, did he ask? He didn't ask. Bro, the folks showed up, and the nigga had a whole bunch of motherfuckers in there taking communion, cause passing out communion. Come on, my nigga. Like, it's just certain shit. You, you, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't. See, that's what, Steve, folks, that's what Stephen A should be saying. For like, you, you can't do that, dog. You can't just walk up in here. You pull up. This supposed to be a secure facility, and you got everybody. They grab on this motherfucker. They done drove. She done drove the wheelchair across, done scratched up the floor and shit. But Sometimes Steven does say that, but it takes somebody like me and you just now. He does not have enough time to walk the viewers through what you just said. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, which is fine. So that's the problem. So people with, man, what you mean black people can't do that or he can't do that? But when we have conversations like this, you start to understand why you mean he can't do that, brother. And my my issues typically don't lie with Stephen A. Because I've seen Stephen A. play both sides of the fence. Mm. I've seen Stephen A. attack black folks. I've seen him also look out for black folks, right? Mm. I watched Stephen A. bring Jalen up, you know what I mean, when Skip had all that shit to say. I watched Stephen A. bring uh, bring um, uh, Chad Johnson on with Skip. You know, I've watched him bring these folks on and let them get their shit off, right? I've seen Stephen A. I've seen Stephen A. do it with AI back when he had a TV show on the mm-hmm. That's cool. My issue... Is you telling a motherfucker <laughs> you can't get mad because your wife white? Like that's some stupid ass shit. It, but you right keep going though. Back. I I get you. I'm I get, get what you're saying. I'm gonna keep going I get, back. I get to, what you're saying. Like, and now, now, and now, and that's the thing that, and that's his style. That's what Whitlock does. He says shit. He says shit to just you know stir shit up. You know that'll get a little chuckle. It's a little loud. Like well, yeah, you know. You I, know I'm you just know. a transparent yeah, person. I don't believe. Mean? I believe it's some shit that you just sit and say. Because, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it stirs up the wrong energy. Right. Because some people just can't look into the message because of what you say can just turn people off. Right. Like I said, it's all about just saying there is a choice. It's not about the nigga ain't get a job because he got a white wife. He chose a white black wife over a black wife. It's saying that it's bigger thing, than that. It's they the have thing, a decision, a choice, it, just like because the have. thing is, is why is why is your wife even. There? You know what I'm saying? Like, why are you even bringing that shit up? Like, my wife has nothing to do with my me white this wife. fucking job. My white wife ain't my got shit wife. to do with this fucking job. Yes. Nothing. Yes. Like, nothing. 
You know what I mean? Right. Like, there's no, there's not, it's not a point he can make and use him. You know what I'm saying? Like, honestly, but people got caught up in that yeah, and they missed the rest of it. And that was that's what his aim was. Exactly. It's because it wasn't they missed doing the rest. that for years. He did that, and none of the focus and the focus went away. It from stayed there. Exactly. And you're right. I get it. So yeah, so that's the only thing. Like that shit was just goofy. He could have held that. I got you, brother. I, I, don't, I don't disagree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. disagree with you. I got you. <laughs> Nigga, you know you. he need he need his ass beat. I whip his ass by that shit. I ain't gonna hold it. for it. That, that's a big motherfucker. Yeah, he, dog. he got beat his ass. That's a big I pull up on Whitlock and beat his ass. I take the charge. I'm gonna beat his ass. You can get him driving. He got they, they said they it was issues of him jacking players. Growing ass men up in the locker room. You know one thing that I wanna get to before we get out of here that I didn't get to talk to you about. <laughs> so Urban Meyer, right? Kicking the kid, <laughs> but dog, hear me out. They said Urban was really like that, like with everybody. Like he was fucking with niggas, right? You play ball, I play ball. Like, bro, how real of a nigga does Urban have to be that he just walking around fucking with people and niggas ain't really saying shit? Like, niggas just taking it. Like, Urban got to be a real ass nigga, bro. He kicked the player. Like, kick this nigga. Told a nigga, make a nigga said, make your fucking kicks and kick that nigga. And nigga said, don't kick me again. He said, I'm the fucking head coach. I do the fuck I want. <laughs> That's privilege, dog. But the wild shit is, is think about the Florida team he had. He got to be a real one to be able to hold all them down. Man, does. Because think Cam. about it. Because think about it. As wild as them niggas was, they had to have some level of discipline on the field to win the national championship. Yeah. As wild as them niggas was. So them niggas had to listen to somebody. So think about how hard, like really how cold motherfucking Urban Meyer had to be. But like you said, though, it's different from when you're coaching kids and they want to be, they want to, they want to get to that point, and they want to get to that point when men that's already there paying mortgage. So there's a difference too. That level of discipline is I'm almost out of here. I just need to finish, hit the finish line, and I'm good. Yes, sir. That's just what it was. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But yeah, that I don't see him as real. I just feel like he thought he can bring that shit to the NFL football field, and it don't work like that. See, this he is did. Employment. He did. Well, the nigga, I mean, he just losing. Yeah, he just losing. Honestly, he's winning what the game for. I don't think game. if he was. I don't think if he was winning, we would have heard about it. That's what I'm saying. I, that that's a everyday. That's a that's a normal day at the oh, job. Fuck if you seen, seen Bruce Arians go slap man over the head. You know all that shit. Yo, you winning? Get that nigga a stiff one, boy. And he didn't even buck at him. He was just like, "Well, damn, you right." Yeah, is that you know why? Nigga winning. It's different. The wins make that shit different. The wins make that shit different. You're right. All right, man, that's the shit. We done held these motherfuckers two hours. Let to get you back, man, and do the shit again. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. I'm always, man, you know me, man. I'm always, I'm always here, man, for you. You know that, man. I already I like know. to come to other people's platform, man, because it shows that there's just always availability. You yeah, know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. I, I can work around other people's schedule. And then I don't, you know, I don't want it to always seem like, you know, I want to use people to bring them. It's like, bro, I like to go to other people's platform and make it great for them. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I enjoy that. So that's why I asked to come here and Absolutely. not you come to me. I like being on other people's platform because I, I get to be me through your, the way that you handle things. Mm-hmm. And then, you know what I'm saying, I can build off of the way you go and you're able to still keep the way that you flow intact. And I'm cool with that because I can follow, you know what I'm saying, the way that you align things. So I think that's the reason why. 
But I'm, I'm glad you brought me back, man. For real, for real. We yeah. got to do it again. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, man. Um, uh, and that's kind of real quick. That's kind of what I want when I bring people in. That's the aim, right? Like, I want their DNA in the episode. You know what I mean? People hear me talk every episode, right? So I bring somebody new in. I want the episode to leave out and sound and have that feeling of them. And that's how you kind of provide that new experience every episode, man. So, yeah, man. So with that, man, this was uh, episode 51, man, the Untitled Podcast. Um, appreciate y'all fucking with us, man. If you don't, uh, whew, got this shit wrong again. <laughs> Try it again. Yo, this is episode 51 of Untitled Podcast, man. Appreciate y'all fucking with me, man. You already know you fuck with us, fuck with us. If you don't... Don't you worry about it, bitch. I know somebody like it. And that's a fact, man. So... That being said, we out, sir. She gotta be a 10. Diamonds on the neck, diamonds on the wrist. I put diamonds in the mouth, cause it's diamonds on my dick. I got diamonds on my hand, diamonds on my chest. G5, nigga, 20,000, I done made a mess. All the feds taking pictures, so I pose for the hoes. Got the phantom in the front, shooters at the back door. All the strippers know the tippers. Very big difference. Got a gold chain swinging in my name, make figures. Time to let your soul glow with a hundred bullet holes. Now you screaming to the Lord, why them boys can do you wrong? Before I paint the picture, you better reach scratch. It's from the Grim Reaper in the pair of black dickies. Life is such a dirty game as you walking through the flames. Stacking all the bodies as they calling out your name. See me at the new arena, best seats at the game. Made it still since subpoenas, but my snipers gotta aim. Sell a lot of records, not the money that I made Or the bitches that we fuck, cause we share a lot of names All the jewelers give me watches, cause they wanna take a picture I be moving all the product, my new house is on the river My new house is on the river, my new house is on the river My new house is on the river, my new house is on the river So I had to buy a boat, better yet it's called a yacht I was then labeled a boss for the yayo that I caught